Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. What if the church just said, you know, we want to really live for the Lord. We want to live in righteousness and justice. We want to live holy lives before God. We want to live fruitful lives before our our fellow man. Um, You know what would happen? We would be able to go in and have impacts in communities. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study through the books of the Old Testament prophets. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Isaiah chapters 58 through 59. Now, here's Pastor Brian. All right, welcome back, everyone. Here we are to pick up our study in Isaiah. So if you have a Bible, uh, you want to open it to Isaiah 58. And we're going to try to get through chapter 61. That is our objective. And I think we're going to do it. So so I want to jump right in. The 58th chapter is again one of those chapters in Isaiah, as has much of, has been the case for much of Isaiah, where the Lord is, as we pointed out, he's either rebuking the people for their sin or he's comforting them with the promise that he's going to ultimately reconcile and heal them or he's talking about the future kingdom that is going to come And in some cases, as we've seen, he's talking very specifically about the king of the kingdom who is the Messiah. And so, and of course, the Messiah is Jesus. So as we pick up in chapter 58, once again, he's talking about the the failure of the people. And in this context, it was that they were going through the motions of religious observation, but they weren't really doing uh, in their hearts and and with their lives the the things that God wanted them to do. And so he, the first portion here of chapter 58 is God is, he's describing the things that they're doing and the assumption that they have that this is great and God's really pleased with this. And actually the Lord is gonna say, no, I'm not pleased with this. And this is what I am actually calling for when we get to verse six, we'll see that. So let's get started. And here we read, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sin. So, you know, the prophets had a tough job and uh, a lot of times it was, to tell people things they did not want to hear. And that is what is happening here uh, with Isaiah. You know, tradition tells us that Isaiah was actually put to death by King Manasseh. Jewish tradition tells us that. And the tradition tells us that Isaiah was actually sawn in two. Now, it's interesting because in Hebrews chapter 11, when it's describing for us the great men and women of faith throughout history, 
and some of the things that they suffered, there's a, a sentence there that refers to those who were sawn in two. And so many believe that that is a reference back to what happened with Isaiah under the wicked king Manasseh. But my point is the prophets would often find themselves in trouble because of the message that they brought. And of course, Jesus said that this would be the case. You know, he actually said, you remember, he said, woe to you if all people speak well of you. For so they spoke of the false prophets. And so if we're going to be speaking for the Lord, there's going to come some point at some time where we're going to have to say things that are unpopular and people are not going to like it. And so we can't pull back because of that. This is just the calling that God's put on our lives. So, so Isaiah now is called to, again, tell them things they just were not going to be happy about at all. So he says to the house of Jacob, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God They ask of me the ordinance of justice, ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. So that was their own perception of themselves. That's what he's referring to here. They thought that, hey, we seek the Lord. We delight to know his ways. We are walking in his ordinances. And then verse three, why have we fasted? they say, and you have not seen. So they're saying, God, you know, we're, we're okay. We're, we're doing good stuff. And how come you're not listening to us? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all of your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate And to strike with the fist of wickedness, you will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. So God says, yeah, you're fasting, but you're also, you've got all kinds of sin and injustice and everything else going on all around you. So in other words, they were going, just to simplify it, they were going through the religious motions. They were going to the temple In Jeremiah's time, we read about how they would not only go to the temple, but they would talk about the magnificence of the temple. Oh, the temple of the Lord, they would say, the temple of the Lord. And God said to Jeremiah, here's here's one of those assignments that, you know, who would really want this assignment? God said to Jeremiah, go down to the temple and stand at the entrance. And when the people are coming in, say to them, Do not say the temple of the Lord because, you know, you're you're saying that, but you're not living according to God's standard. And so that's what is being communicated here. And so, yes, they're doing these things, but at the same time, they're exploiting the laborers and they're fasting for strife and debate and they're striking with the fist of wickedness and so forth. And so, verse five, is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast 
and an acceptable day of the Lord. So you can hear God's just saying, I I didn't really ask you to do these things. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? So this is what you're doing, and I don't accept it. Now God's going to say, this is what the fast that I'm going to accept is going to look like. And so is this not the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked, that you cover him? So again, you know, they were very religious and going through all the religious things, but they the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself and all that was just was completely non-existent from them. They mistreated each other. They uh, took advantage of each other. They robbed one another. They were violent toward each other. You know, all, all of these things were happening. Uh, you know, as you look at Israel during these times, as God describes them, times where, of course, in this case, these were the reasons why they were sent into judgment. In the case of Jeremiah, you get a lot of examples of what things look like right before they went into judgment because Jeremiah is prophesying during those last years of the kingdom. But you see a society that is just overrun with evil, overrun with wickedness, overrun with sin. And you can't help but see the parallels uh, in our society today. You know, we we think about um, the things we've been through, you know, the COVID-19 situation and now the issues dealing with race and so forth and the, the conflict and all that. And of course, people are praying, God, you know, get us out of this and, you know, get us back to normal and all of that. But, you know, normal was not good. Normal was bad. <laughs> normal was just everybody doing their own thing, doing what they want, taking advantage of one another, exploiting people, violence, you know, all of these things. And not like it stopped, but I mean, you know, our national experience and not just limited to the United States, but in many places, the lives that people are living and even sometimes people who take the name of the Lord are lives that are just completely contrary to the picture of the life that that God calls us to live. And so he says, um, to hide not yourself from your own flesh. So apparently they didn't even take care of their own family, perhaps their children. Then your light shall break forth. So when you start to do these things, when you start to do these, these righteous things and these just things, that's when things are going to get better for you. You know, some of you perhaps heard today, I interviewed Dr. Tony Evans today. I also interviewed his son, Jonathan. And we were talking about, uh, Dr. Evans emphasized the two pillars, which are really foundational for even the throne of God, but the two pillars of righteousness and justice. And uh, righteousness is living the right way according to what God has declared in his word And justice is the equitable distribution of the the benefits and the blessings that God has given to us. And Dr. Evans was pointing out how uh, so often in a society, 
Um, well, a lot, a lot of times at the at the end of uh, a civilization, you find that both of those pillars are gone. But sometimes you find an emphasis on one to the exclusion of the other. And in talking to his son, Jonathan, a much younger man, uh, 38 years old, he was talking about how in our society, when you even look at the, the political situation, you have, you know, say on the the conservative side, you have the emphasis on righteousness. And on the liberal side, you have the emphasis on justice. You know, we need a just society and all of this is stuff is unjust and so forth. And so each one is lopsided. Each one wants a society that's founded on just the one thing without the other. And the reality is we can't have one without the other. And so God is calling for righteousness and he's calling for justice. He's calling us to live in accordance with his word, to live the way he says we are to live and to do justly and to love mercy toward our neighbor and to be concerned about them and to make sure if their lives are oppressed or if their plight is burdensome and so forth, that we we lift the burden. And so that's really what he's talking about here. And when you do that, he says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall bring spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the yoke of course is the burdensome, the idea is is the burdensome thing, the thing that's weighing you down and binding you up. So take that away, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of, of wickedness and speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought, strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. So once again, if you do these things, God says there's a blessing that's going to come. And here we see that he's talking about extending your soul to the hungry and satisfying the afflicted soul and so forth. Again, it's, it's lifting the burdens off of people. It's being concerned about their plight and their difficulty and, and seeking to do something about that. And you know, historically, the church has been that, in many ways, the church has been that social agency. In our modern situation, we've had a lot of that taken over by the state, by, by the local communities and so forth. And, and in some ways, the church has pulled back. And the church needs to engage, re-engage in those kinds of things because the church really are the best people to do it because we are under the guidance of the Lord and the authority of the Lord. And we we should have a better understanding of equity and, and righteousness and those things. So he's calling his people in Isaiah's day to do these things, to, to be involved, to seek to uh, help those who are underprivileged or those who are um, hungry and oppressed and things like that. And then he says uh, the promise once again that the Lord will then guide you and satisfy you in drought. And then he says in verse 12, 
He says, those from among you. So when you do this, when you begin to, to put these two pillars side by side and, and live accordingly, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Wow. So the Lord is promising that when you start to do this, when you start to really live righteously, not just be content to, to be religious, so to speak, not just be content to go uh, to church on Sundays or to do your religious duty, but to really say, you know, I want to live for the Lord. I, I want to, I want my life to make a difference. I, I want to have an impact. I want to take the gifts that God has given me and I want to use them for the benefit and the blessing of my brothers and sisters in Christ and beyond to my fellow man. And so when we do that, I love this promise here in verse 12. Um, those from among you shall build the old waste places and raise up the foundation of many generations. You know, what if the church today, what if the church just said, you know, we want to really live for the Lord. We want to live in righteousness and justice. We want to live holy lives before God. We want to live fruitful lives before our, our fellow man. Um, you know what would happen? We would build the old waste places. We would be able to go in and have impacts in communities. You know, if we, if we banded together and if we, you know, partnered for the gospel and we saw ourselves as the people of God on this mission. And then I love you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Well, think about there's many places in our country, many cities. You know, we talk about the inner city and places like this. And the inner city has been abandoned and given over to sin, really. And it's not a place where the streets are, streets are safe. It's not a place where people are, are going to just go out for a stroll. Of course, in some communities, you can't do that. And right here in uh, our very own city, we happen to be Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa in the city of Santa Ana. And you know, there are places in our city that you cannot walk the streets. You will be shot. That's a fact. They're just places you can't go. And what if all of that was just gone? What if that was done away with? Well, of course, we know that's going to eventually happen when the Lord comes. But it seems that there should be a way for the church to have some kind of an impact that would, that would change those things as well. And, and that has happened. And it can happen again. And yet it won't happen if we're just content to say, well, I've done my religious thing and, you know, I prayed and I fasted and I went to church and, and everything's good. But it's only going to happen when we say, I want to do life your way, Lord, the way you would have me to do it. And so now he goes on and he says, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your own pleasure on my holy day. So, of course, we don't have an obligation to the Sabbath, but the point that he's making here, and for them, it was the Sabbath, but for us, it's really our lives. So he says, and turn away from doing your pleasure on my holy day, call the Sabbath a delight, 
the holy day of the Lord honorable. You shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. So the picture that he's painting here is a life that just says, Lord, my life is yours. And I I just want to give you myself. I don't want to live for my own pleasure, whatever that is. It varies from person to person. But it's, it's basically just a surrendering of our wills to say, God, I want to live for you. And the description here is really just a life that's, that's fully dedicated to the Lord. Lord, you made me. You redeemed me. My breath is in your hands. You determine the length of my days. And Lord, with my life, I want to I do your will. And you know, when that happens... That's when things change. That's when people's lives change. That's when our lives change. And then God is able to use us to impact and to change the lives of others. And so I will cause you then, he says, uh, when you delight yourself in the Lord, I will cause you to ride on the high hills uh, of the earth to feed with the heritage of Jacob, your father, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So that's God's promise. When you dedicate yourself to the Lord, you put yourself in that place to receive the blessing of God. I want to be with the, the life I have left, the time I have left, Lord. I don't want to waste time on my own pleasure, my own thing, whatever those kinds of distracting things can be. Lord, I just want to live for you. I don't want to fulfill all of your good purpose. And I'm me. And God has a plan for my life that's suited for who I am and my giftings. And God has that for you too. You don't have to be me. You don't have to be anybody else. You just be you and live fully engaged in God's call, God's plan, God's purpose for your life. And that's what, that's what it's all about. And then you will be, like we read here, perhaps you will be the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in. God will use you. In great ways. So, chapter 59, as we come to 59, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. And so, again, because they're saying, you know, God, we're doing all of this stuff. Why aren't you responding? Well, here the Lord says, it's not because my arm is shortened and it's not because my ear is heavy, but it's actually because of your iniquities. They have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so he will not hear. So that that is a reality for for human beings in general. Our sins separate us from God. Now Jesus of course came to to take away our sin so we could be reconciled to God, joined to God. But you know sometimes as Christians we can have been reconciled to God but we can also get ourselves involved in sin to the extent that the Lord's not hearing our prayers, that he's not working in our lives, not because he doesn't want to, but because we've, we've shut that off in our own lives. And so that's what he's talking about. He's talking to his people and he's saying, it's, the problem isn't on my end. It's not like I can't reach out and save you. My arm's not shortened. It's not like I'm deaf to your cries but your sins have come between us.
for the month of September. Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, Forgive, Why Should I and How Can I by Timothy Keller. With so much social, cultural, and relational unrest, all of us need to forgive or be forgiven in either small or significant ways. Have you ever found it difficult to forgive someone for a wrong they committed against you? What if that person never apologized? How can you forgive someone who hasn't even acknowledged they have done something wrong? In his book, Forgive, Timothy Keller lays out the path of forgiveness that leads to reconciliation rather than the path of unforgiveness that can lead towards retaliation. You'll learn about the power of forgiveness that can bring freedom both to the one who forgives and the one who has been forgiven. We are living in a time where forgiveness is desperately needed. If you're struggling with forgiveness or even guilt, then you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book Forgive, Why Should I and How Can I by Timothy Keller is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Isaiah. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.